Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum, and I have a guest who I'll be bringing on in just a few moments. His name is Sam. He's one of the newer members of our community. He hasn't been around very long. He's one of the newer proven Amazon course students who's got big dreams, big aspirations. He started the process, but he's so new that he has some pretty interesting questions today that we dive into, even uh, philosophical questions, if you will, about the opportunity and about what the future holds for the opportunity, where he should be focused, what it's going to look like as his business grows. Now that we've coached over 7,000 people with far more than that, having gone through our courses at provenamazoncourse.com, we've noticed a lot of patterns. We've got some wisdom to provide to those who are new in their Amazon e-commerce journeys. And Sam certainly asked some very interesting and useful questions today that I think not only benefited him, but I think it's going to benefit you. Regardless of what stage you're at, we definitely dove into some topics that will be of interest and use to those of you who've been selling for a while in e-commerce. I hope that this episode serves you well as we dive into just a good number of random topics on things such as what is the future of e-commerce? Where is the Amazon Replens business going? What category should I focus on? Where can I find profitable products? At what point should I scale my business? What tools should I be using at different stages of growth? So we spent a lot of time on some very interesting topics as well as just some general life advice. He's a younger man. And I gave him some very specific thoughts and ideas for where he's kind of heading and some insights from a guy on the other side of 50 that I hope he finds very useful. And maybe you find some use in those as well. But it was just a great conversation with a genuine member of our community. He raised his hand when we said, hey, does anybody have some time for a coaching call? Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're new to the Proven Amazon course and you want to begin learning, but you're just not real confident or things aren't going the way you'd hope. And we, let's have some coaching calls. He is one of a handful of people that raised his hand when we asked that question. So we didn't know much about him at all really coming into it, but uh, he had some great positive things to say. He asked some great questions today, and I think it's going to serve you very well. So let's jump in and meet Mr. Sam Petrini. And he's got uh, some great information to share with you as well, some tips and strategies from, from just life experiences. The guy's been through some challenges, so I think you're going to really enjoy today's episode. So Sam, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Jim. I've uh, listened to this for, for quite some time. Never, never thought I'd get the chance to, to sit down and talk with the, with the illustrious and the, the glorious Jim Cockrum. <laughs> we'll get over it. You will get over it. And I detected enough sarcasm in it. I can appreciate and enjoy what you said. The true <laughs> fanboys make me nervous, man. I don't really like to do with that. No, yeah, no, it. no, dude. It's, I, 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 I respect what you do. I, I respect what you've, what you've built with this whole community. And it's just this incredible wealth of, of knowledge, the likes of which I haven't really seen in any other, any other industry. So oh, it's, wow. it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I just yeah. relish the chance to be able to contribute something back you know, you know, try, if, to, if try to bring something anything about all, all that it's you know I, i've surrounded myself with people who are smarter than i am that's my secret <laughs> nice if, if we serve well uh you know we serve from the heart so this you do that for 20 years and you end up with you know a pretty special community that i'm honored to be just a part of let alone have a bit of a leadership role so thank you for that sam i appreciate it but you're you're one of the guys a bit of a leadership role <laughs> that's yeah that's fine all right yeah yeah 
Yeah. So, so it, yeah, I, I know, hold myself um, accountable to a high standard, you know, and, and, and the whole team <laughs> does, but that's a story for another day. But sure, sure. You raised your hand virtually when we said, hey, we want to talk to some people who are kind of newer, struggling. Maybe you're in a season where it's not quite clicking and you want to get some help. Let's do some live coaching calls. And I talked about this a little bit in the introduction as well, but just to kind of reset the table, here's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Let's get into your story, man. Let's hear where you're at, how you got here. Yeah. So the the reason I reached out in the first place is because I I, I think I do have a pretty, let's call it a, a, a unique story. And, you know, if the listeners or the audience can, you know, derive some, some bit of value out of this, you know, something that just maybe makes something click here, or just a little bit of inspiration here or there, then, then that's, that's a job well done as far as I'm concerned. And so basically it all started, I was, I was fresh out of college, you know, I, I just graduated in, in May and was, was living back home with, with my parents for a little while over in, uh, over in Connecticut, right? And, you know, kind of in that stage where you're like, you're kind of wandering around, you're, you're, you're looking for a direction to go in. And of course, you know, my, my dad knew that I had this entrepreneurial spirit, right? I was definitely into the whole, you know, business side of things. So he showed me, he, he goes, Hey, there's this, there's this weird new thing out called, it's called Amazon FBA. You know, maybe, maybe you could get a good at this. And I was, what are you talking about? FBA? What, is, what, what does that mean? Uh, is that, is that a chemical or something? No. And so I, I, you know, I start to, to look at some of these different sites and some, some testimonials and, you know, just, just, you know, getting my bearings on what this business model is going to look like. And I go, oh, this is pretty awesome. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. And so, so the, the, the story of my first ever big purchase is uh, a lot to be learned because I read somewhere that health and beauty products were, were you know one of the one of the really good ways to to go in terms of establishing a good Amazon FBA business. And so I go, okay, okay, cool. Health, beauty, right on. And I go and I spend, you know, maybe thirty five hundred dollars on one of these uh Walgreens overstocks, shelf pulls, all this. It's it's about three thousand items with you know a pretty big retail value. And I go, I go, oh my God, this is it. I'm gonna be rich. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this, and it's gonna be fantastic. And what I didn't realize was that uh, three thousand items is three thousand items, right? Yes. And these aren't small things either, necessarily. You know, big big shampoo bottles, toothpaste, and and you know Colgate toothbrushes and all that. And so again, I'm still living at home with like you know the family, mom, dad, you know, a sister who's also in college at the time, coming back every now and then. What arrives is this massive pallet full of boxes. No way. And my dad goes, You better be serious about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. Wow. So, so I, it, it was, there was so much stuff going on around the house. So, so many boxes just strewn about, filled with, with, oh my God. And one of them, one of the boxes had this like, exploded thing of, of lotion in it and Ruined just like destroyed else. all the yeah. products right. in that box. So uh, I'm going to retroactively go back and apologize to my family. I'm sorry. It wasn't the best first purchase. I was still green, still, still getting my bearings. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, I was able to, to you know, get some, get some decent sales off that. I was also introduced the hard way to the, to the idea of, oh, gated products. Okay, guess what? Can't can't sell this oral B toothbrush. 
on Amazon. And so that, that presented a whole other, you know, slew of challenges. But, um, you know, that was in October that I first got the, the, the whole palette. And by like the end of December, my family was like, listen, if you can't get rid of this, just give it to charity. So I, you know, Salvation Army got a real nice donation, you know, whatever, whatever I had left that I couldn't manage to sell on Amazon. Rough and first so, lesson. And you also got the bullet there too on the, the IP issues and things. Just, it, you know, buying pallets and trying to flip them on Amazon, not advised. Even mm-hmm. if you're quite experienced and understand the landscape, it, it's quite a minefield. Uh, because again, there's there's no detailed receipt that you can show that shows proof of custody where you bought it from, that it was a legitimate sure. source, et cetera. Right. So if Amazon asks for that, you got nothing. Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. No. I, I I was just telling them like like when they when they gave me some some pushback, I go, listen, guys, I can show you the invoice. I just spent thirty five hundred dollars on all this. Like, believe me, I have enough to sell. And they were like, Okay, fine, we'll we'll get you ungated in the health and beauty and you know, uh, the household sections. Right. And, uh, but you know, for, for little, you know, dumb little 22 year old Sam, not the best first move, but a valuable lesson. You learned some things. Yeah. Uh, I definitely learned some things. And I also learned that I needed some guidance. Right. And so that's when I, that's when I turned to, you know, a, a coaching program. And as part of that, I, I got a subscription to uh, the proven Amazon course, which, you know, okay, here's a, here's a you know, light bulb ding, ding, ding. And so that definitely gave me some some more solid direction to go in over the ensuing year or so because it was about I would say I spent a good year growing that business so all of 2015 and then by 2016 I just decided to pack up my bags and move to San Diego I I, I literally drove across the entire country best trip that I'll never make again but. I had a I had a dream out here, you know. I, I had this idea of, you know, I wasn't quite ready to to have a full time income based off of my FBA business alone, but it was growing. It was, you know, inevitably growing, you know, thanks to a lot of the advice that I learned from the Proven Amazon course and several other different courses and you know, you know, gurus and authorities in the field that I listened to. But you know, I, I wasn't quite ready yet to to be full time with the Amazon. And so the plan was to to come to California and establish my life in San Diego, get, you know, some sort of other other full-time job and then kind of grow this on the side to the point where I could just, you know, make that jump over and and have it be a, you know, pretty pretty solid move. However, there was uh there was one pretty big um, you know, obstacle to all of that, and that was when I shattered my leg back in uh, August of 2016. So about six months after I moved to San Diego and it was kind of like trying to, you know, get this plan into, into fruition, you know, just to spare you the, 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 the gory details, it started out with a homemade uh, half pipe in our backyard for like toy oh, skating. No. And it, it ended up with emergency surgery on my wow. uh, the tibia and fibula. And there's, there's still a titanium rod in there to this day. Man, and sorry, so... Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It, it, yeah. it frankly led me to my own uh, uh, personal health for quite some time, and also realizing that, like, oh, this is this is devastating because you know San Diego prices alone. I, I can't. I can't just keep living off of this, you know, FBA business, which you know I I, I developed a, a pretty decent system at the right. time, but right. there just wasn't enough capital kind of flowing through yeah. it, and I still needed. Living. I still yeah. needed a job. 
right. yeah, and you can't quite get a job when you're in a wheelchair and you're on, you know, some pain pills for at least eight to 10 hours a day. Oh my goodness, dude. That's yeah. brutal. I'm sorry Ooh, you went through You're that. telling me. And so that's, that's what inevitably led to, you know, you know, I still had to pay rent and do all this. So I was just using funds from this Amazon business and that, that just drained it. It just went, exploded on me. And, uh, it, it wasn't great. And I was, I was just in the worst shape physically and mentally of my entire life. And frankly, that's when I turned to, uh, the, the stoic philosophy, right? Found out about this awesome book called the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. Right. And it was the exact thing that I needed at that point to kind of help with, with my, with my mental game, with, with my mindset, because, you know, one of the, one of the big quotes is, is, you know, the, the impotence to action or the impediment to action becomes the action. The obstacle becomes the way. Yeah. And so I'm facing the biggest obstacle I've ever faced in my life. And yeah. I go, okay, I, I need to make this like but the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was definitely very, very difficult, but I was, you know, kind of dedicating my time to educating myself more about, about Amazon and all that FBA stuff. But I was just so deeply embarrassed by this, by this perceived failure that, that I, I just, I just had to step away from it for a minute and, you know, kind of like, like gather and, and collect myself. And I say, I say perceived failure because I've, I've come to acknowledge and believe that it's never truly a failure until you decide to just give it up. Yeah. You start blaming other people and you give up. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going right. to let this be that kind of failure for myself. Yeah. The way I see it is this is just a temporary setback. Right. And even though it's, you know, the setback has lasted a, a, a few years, it's still a setback. Good for you. Now, that leads me to, to, to one of my, my first and I think most important questions for you is what are your thoughts on the intangibles, you know, like, like the mindset going into creating your own FBA business, you know, for, for those who are getting started with it, or, you know, for someone like me, who's been out of the game for a long time, getting back into it, what do you think are the most important aspects of your, your mental game? Well, I'll dive into that from a generic perspective. I love the question. It's a nice big platform for me to play on. And I'm tempted to just dive right into how I would respond to that. But by all means, I'd like to know first kind of where you're at in your business, make it a little more specific to you, possibly as I answer what could otherwise be a very general question. Does that make sense? So, so where are you at now with your business and with your income and with your, your situation? Just help paint a little more of a picture for me, if you don't mind. Right. Okay. So, so as of right now, I'm working at a, at a, at a nice, corporate job thanks to a very dear friend of mine she she really hooked me up with this and you know going around you know selling and it's 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 a lot of fun you know selling selling mattresses so uh, i decided that you know what time to like dig up some courage and really just get back into this game i i've been afraid to do this for a long time but you know what screw it let's let's let's, let's take some action here and turns out California has a lot of, of red tape when it comes to establishing your own business, even if it is something like, like a sole proprietorship. Yeah. So it's crazy. You know, yeah. throughout the entire month of, of August, I was just, you know, working to, to get that done and, you know, doing all these different steps, including 
this weird archaic tradition of having your having your um you know fictitious business name or, or DBA blasted out in a in a local paper. That's like like an actual part of this process. And I'm like, who are we who are we reaching with this? They're like, no, we 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 just need to let the people know that they can't have this business name. I go, who's going to know about this? Who's reading this paper right now? We even read this newspaper. thing called the internet. That's crazy, <laughs> but it's part. Of, it's one of the boxes you have to check is to put it in the newspaper. It, it is. Huh? It really is. It's, it's just <laughs> something that's that's got to get done, and it's all just this this yeah. process of. Right. And and now I'm trying to you know now that I've gotten all that done, gotten my you know business tax stuff and yada yada yada. Now I'm I'm just reaching out to as many uh, you know, wholesale suppliers as I can, just to get an account open with them and really really get this going. So I'm like right at the precipice, which you know is great because this is the perfect time to talk with with someone like you. And okay, so I'm like I'm right there about to get started. And obviously the game has changed a lot since 2017 when I decided to you know uh, hang up the gloves for a little bit. So that's you know especially right now. When when we're facing you know uh, this recession and you know maybe not so great economic times for people, mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of question about the mindset that I'm posing to you right now. So so right you. now, someone who's getting started. Okay, have you sold anything at all in the past, say, 30, 60 days? Are you are you truly that new that like you haven't done anything since 2017 and you're still in the initial stages? Correct. Um, in the stage right now, I just got the business license and all that. I'm okay. reactivating my Amazon account. So I haven't even gotten Beautiful. the chance to sell anything yet. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. That helps paint a pretty clear picture for me. You're going to want to get into replims. Are you convinced That's... on that or do we need to spend some time on that? Oh, no. That was going to be one of my follow-up questions is that, okay. you know, I've, I've seen you on your soapbox, you on out, replims, yeah. wholesale replims. Yeah. And I need yeah. to know more about this. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, you know, if you've listened to some other podcast episodes, and I would encourage if there's other listeners who haven't heard other episodes besides this one. This one's a little unique. We're talking to a new student. Typically, our episodes are success stories, students who have kind of been through the stage that Sam's in, and they've built something, and we learned from them. We said, hey, let's do some episodes with some brand new students, kind of do some coaching calls. So that's what this is. So mm-hmm. let me just emphasize for them, why do we talk so much about replens? I look at Amazon opportunities and I, I kind of stack them and layer them in the order they should be pursued. And on the bottom layer, after you've scanned a few barcodes, maybe you've made some of the mistakes like, you know, to be honest with you, Sam, your mistake was pretty minor compared to a lot of them that I've heard. I mean, we have people go yeah. tens of thousands of dollars in filling their garage oh, with this product after buying an $8,000 course that told them this was the way to go and all the expensive monthly software. And then they come to us and say, you know, typically tearfully, Oh, I wish I'd have found you guys a year and a half ago. You know, I've filled my garage. That's all I've done in the past year is fill my garage with stuff I can't sell. We hear that multiple times per week because you get on YouTube. That's what everybody's talking about typically. How do I start an Amazon business? They're going to talk you into launching your own brand. So congratulations on dodging that bullet. Yeah. But you did go out and buy a big bunch of returns. And I'm curious, did you end up making any money on that? Break even? You know, in the final analysis, where'd you come down on that? So I'm pretty sure I did end up breaking even. Okay. Although here's another stupid thing that I did. You know, looking back on it, I set every product to just like the minimum price that was being offered. Mm. And because I didn't know to like check the buy box and go within like, you know, 2% of what they're offering there. So right. I probably shortchanged myself on about 
50 to 60% of the products that I was selling. Absolutely. Oh, it was, and I was, I was shocked. I was like, Oh my God, it's selling so fast. What's going on here? People. (laughs) Yeah. A a lot of new sellers think that the low price is the one that's going to win the sale every time. No, the buy box rotates. Now you will, you will win more sales Mm -hmm. being the lowest price, but that's where the low margin is. It's just not necessary. As long as you're moving a unit or two every 30 days or so, we consider that a winning product and you should go get a bunch of products. But we don't encourage anybody to go out and buy a big lot of returns. Do not do that model. Even the most experienced sellers out there struggle to even keep their nose above water with that model. It's virtually impossible on Amazon. That model works if you've got a retail location that you can lean back on and you've got some experience mm-hmm. with retail and you can open a brick and mortar store. Maybe there's people in our community doing that and talking about it. It's not a low-hanging fruit opportunity. If you've noticed these stores kind of pop up and close their doors like constantly everywhere, all over the place. Like, oh, I can go buy a bunch of returns and open up a retail store and sell it all. And like, no, you can't. <laughs> it's, it's a hard, <laughs> hard model. So if you start talking about the, the models that do work with my 20 years of experience, having coached mm-hmm. 7,000 students, tens of thousands of people going through our courses, what works? Okay, we'll start you out with replens, not necessarily wholesale replens, just replens in general. Now, wholesale is beautiful and we can tack that on pretty fast. But mm-hmm. a lot of times when people think, oh, wholesale, that means I'm gonna get my stuff cheaper, right? Well, maybe, maybe not. Wholesale is just another source, kind of like RA, retail is a source, retail arbitrage. OA, online shopping is a source. Wholesale, it's another source. They have their advantages and disadvantages, all three. The simplest would be retail, a store near you. Take a picture of a store shelf, come home, do some research, find the replens. What's a replen? For those who don't know, I'm not going to go real deep into it. I'm sure you know Sam by this point, but mm-hmm. it's an underserved gap in Amazon's marketplace. We'll just leave it at that. We help you find those underserved gaps where you can profitably insert yourself with easily sourced products and make a good return. And they're everywhere. There's millions of these replens to be found. So that's the model we start you out at. That's where you need to focus your time, effort, and energy. I would say ensure sure. you're selling about $20,000 a month mm-hmm. just in local, easily accessed, either online or a retail Replants, there's no need to really complicate it with anything else. Now, the wholesale angle, there's some great content inside the Proven Amazon course. It's not a matter of, and here's the big distinction on wholesaling when I talk on that topic, okay? It's not a matter of going out and finding wholesalers that have new products that aren't on Amazon yet. No, that's going down the private label drain. You don't want to go right, that route. You're right. trying to launch, here we are trying to launch a new product again. No, you're not doing that. You're putting it through the replens lens, meaning I'm finding products that are selling already on Amazon, but they're on underserved listings where there's already a good handful of other sellers. In many cases, like Rich Potter, let's take their business, for example. They created our proven wholesale sourcing module for the proven Amazon course. They've got a five, $7 million a year business doing just what I described with wholesalers. They find the ones who are already on Amazon selling to other sellers, but they're underserved. Maybe there's only two or three other sellers. That's perfect. Come in and be the fourth seller and make a case to that wholesaler why you belong right in there with the others and make a stronger case probably than the other sellers because of the information you have in your head that can really benefit the relationship. And they've got it down to a science. So that's the the wholesale, how that wholesale tax on to replens. And then of course you can climb. I won't get into all the other models, but you kind of climb. It gets a little more profitable, a little riskier as far as time, effort, and energy required and how much work's required to actually turn a profit. 
that as your knowledge base improves, you can get all the way up, you know, to kind of like to the top of the pyramid for us is where you are consulting with businesses, helping them get onto Amazon. You're finding brands that need help. They've got a weak presence on Amazon. You come in and say, hey, I, I know Amazon for a percentage of all sales. I could really clean up your catalog and help you sell more. And and you get paid a percent and you've diversified your portfolio, so to speak, of your Amazon exposure, right? And, and that's a beautiful business model, becoming almost an agency uh, of helping. So that's those, in the, you know, several steps in between. But the nice thing is, Sam, you've got the proven Amazon course, which means you have the training for every possible level you'll encounter. But don't put the cart before the horse. We're going to start you off with three plans. And like I said, until you're selling about 20 grand a month, and you've built a system. And the nice thing is, you know, you've got a full-time job, you said. It's a job you like. You find it rewarding. This can be done in your spare time on the side. Sure. Right? And you've probably knew that. It can be automated as you go as well. Virtual assistance. Right? So you can really start to build something out that doesn't require a lot of time, effort, energy, and work on your part. Eventually, it's going to be a fairly automated thing. But you talked earlier. Your first question to me was, if you still want to go here with this, is uh, mindset. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, traditionally around here, we don't do a whole lot with mindset. I find myself being drawn more and more in that direction. And I think if, you, if you've got a healthy life and a healthy schedule and a healthy routine, you're going to have the mindset required for building a great business. You know, stated differently, if you're, and you experienced this, you know, you, you, you shattered your leg in a skateboarding accident. And I mean, that took you to a dark place mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Like that guy was not capable of building a good business. <laughs> he just wasn't. Oh, right? no, by no There's means. no way, right? So it's not so much a matter of, hey, Jim's going to give me some tips for mindset. And I'm going to do those things. And now I'm going to be, no, it, there's multiple areas of your life that need to kind of be lined out. You need to have yourself in healthy relationships, for example. You need to have pay, be paying some attention to your physical health, spiritually. You know, like what's your morning routine and what's your what's your um, commitment to keeping yourself in a good state of mind? Like one of the keys there would be gratitude. Are you someone who's negative, pessimistic? Are you a gratitude, optimism kind of person? You you've got to learn that skill set. Because negative people just can't build a business financially. Are you in a desperate situation where like, man, this better work or I'm sunk? Like you're going to have a hard time. So all these areas kind of add up to, if you've got all these areas right, now you're positioned to kind of add on this bonus aspect to your life, which is I'm going to grow a business, but you kind of need to have everything else healthy. So I can't tackle all of those, obviously. I mean, there's books, volumes of books written on every one of those subjects, right? But I think if you can identify where can I kind of strengthen myself up? Is there an anchor I'm dragging? Am I, do I have a habit or a hobby that's slowing me down? For example, am I gaming five hours every single night? Like that's probably the area we could say, okay, that we could turn that habit that's not necessarily serving me financially or taking me in the direction I want to go in my life. Let's carve that way down over time over the next few weeks, carve it down. And let's use that time for this. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a diet thing, maybe, some, but just start to replace one with the other. And we're going to focus on the business, you know, wherever that area of weakness is, it's, it's typically, it's going to be a hobby or a habit that I would probably tackle. And there's no need for us to dive into that. Now you can probably self-identify that and think it through. Like we've all got these things, like yeah, I'd probably better off giving that up, but then you, re- you replace in a very disciplined way in a methodical way, the negative 
with the thing that's the, the, that's taking your life towards what you want to be, the positive. And we could do right. a whole episode on it. There's books on this topic, you know, and, and I'm not the author of any of them, but yeah. I've seen this pattern play out over and over again. You, you identify and you begin to slowly chip away and replace that negative thing that's taking you in a bad direction and you replace it with something that's taking you where you want to go. And I would propose building a business becomes that thing. And pretty soon you've replaced one with the other. And th- that to me is one of the healthiest ways to get yourself into the mindset and, and set the trajectory. So we're not just adding something new onto your life, another to-do thing. We're saying, I'm going to take something out. And as quickly as it's gone, kind of like pulling your finger out of a glass of water, as quickly as that hole is, as mm-hmm. quickly as my finger moves, the hole's filled in with something else. We're taking out the bad, filling it in right behind with, with the good. We're not creating Excellent. a bunch of freeze time or empty space. We're, we're intentional about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And also uh, something that you just brought up, I, I did want to touch on because, you know, really thinking about kind of where things went wrong or what I could have done better. It, it's been a lot of reflection over these past few years, right? And I realized that I was prioritizing the wrong things at times. Like I was prioritizing automation, because I was enamored with this idea of oh, oh build a build a passive income stream, do this, do that, and and you know being a little bit lazy, not wanting to like fully put in the work. I again putting the cart before the horse. I didn't try to get the great you know consistent sources and and just a bulletproof system going on before I moved to the to the automation. And that that I think is is somewhere where people do get tripped up because yeah. you know oh, this course. this this beautiful glitz and glam of passive income. It's it can take a long time to get there. And I do know it's possible, yes. but you got to well, work for it. If we lacked the the long term perspective that we have on what we do around here, you know, we all have successful businesses selling physical products on our team, but we also train. And if we lacked the moral fortitude that we have. It would be very easy for us to sell a whole lot more content courses and training if we promised automation right out of the gate. We'll almost do it for you kind of thing. Like, no, that's Mm -hmm. not how it works. You're going to have to learn the system. It's going to be blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice. Anything worth having is going to take hard work. You need to know how this thing works before you start bringing in these automations, bringing in a virtual assistant, right? And it doesn't serve me well seemingly from a financial perspective to say such things because I could make a lot more money much more quickly, but I'd also destroy my reputation in doing that. Sure. We wouldn't be creating success stories because that's not how the world actually works. You've got to understand the model. We're, we're not, this isn't an in, investment where you're like, hey, just put money over here and invest in business. You, we're not turning you into angel investors. We're showing you how to grow a business. That means you got to know the details, know how, know how to recognize a good product from a bad product, sell it, put the tape on the box, understand the process, and then begin the process of slowly chipping away at automating and backfilling, if you will, you know, those responsibilities into someone else's lap. Um, but yeah, it's going to be just, it's going to be all you. But the nice thing is it's very flexible. You can do it a few hours a week. Right. You don't have to suddenly say, all right, I got to find 30 hours a week somewhere. No, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, hour or two here and there, you can build something pretty special, get proof of concept pretty quick. And you, you'll yeah, be amazed arguably one of the best parts do. about this. What's yeah, that? Absolutely. I said arguably one of the best parts about this that you can you can start part time with, yes. with just a few hours and learn yep. and grow and then eventually you know reach that that dream goal of like 
okay, I'm doing this all the time and I have flexibility with my schedule yes. and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm my own boss. That's, that's what everyone wants to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, to your, to your point, these, all these, you know, automated things and you know, everyone loves the idea of free money. And believe me, I love the idea of free money. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. However, there is something to be said about, about the, the feeling of accomplishment that comes with, with really, really working hard and, 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 you know, overcoming all these challenges and knowing, knowing at the end of the day, like, wow, I, I did it. Yeah, I did it. And it's not just the sense of achievement. That's the bonus. That's the benefit there. That's not the the biggest aha moment. I think the, the aha moment, that's kind of the foundation of what you just said is that whole free money thing doesn't exist. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of people spend a lot of time chasing that shiny object and chasing Mm -hmm. the prettiest sales letter with the stacks of cash and the cool cars and the, you know, man, that guy's so cool. And these kind of go down that rabbit hole in e-commerce, especially this is true. Sometimes it takes people a very long time to realize, man, it's going to be actual work. I'm going to have to learn new things. I'm going to make some mistakes. It's going to take some time. This is building a business. It really takes effort. There's risk. Mm -hmm. If it was so easy that we could hand anybody four steps, hit these buttons, and it turns into money, well, then so many people would be doing it, the opportunity would be gone instantly. For some reason, a lot of people turn that common sense part of their brain off. If it's so easy, a monkey could do it. Well, people would have trained 10,000 monkeys to do it, and it wouldn't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. That business does not exist. We are literally, think of a business, it is creating value, creating anything that's worthy of someone else's time, attention, and money means you've sacrificed and done things that they weren't willing to do. That's why they're paying you. They weren't willing or able to do it themselves. That's why they're using their money. So you're going to have to create that value. And that always means sacrifice, work, discipline, delayed gratification. These are the things that, that go into building business. And a business teaches you those things by force. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> you have no choice. You're exactly right. That's why we say all the time, if all I know about somebody is they built a a profitable business over an extended period of time, they've maintained a happy client base of people that love doing business with them. That's all I know about that person. I don't need to know anything else about them to know a lot of who I'm dealing with. Someone that you could rely on, trust, their opinions would carry weight, their experience, wisdom, discipline, patience, a servant's attitude. There's a lot of things that building a business develops inside of you. So if you come into it with the understanding of these are the things I got to bring into the game if I'm going to succeed, you've got a big advantage there. And that's valuable mindset material right there too. Yeah. Oh, of course. Now here's here's another another question that I that I had for you. Because you know when I when I first started this, obviously I had this, I had this dream, I had this vision. I, I wanted to have this home base in San Diego and you know be essentially a, a digital nomad where I could just go and maybe say go live in Spain for a couple of months out of the year because I, I I learned Spanish to the point of like basically conversational fluency and it's it's a big world. I, I want to go out and see some stuff. Yes. So my question to you is: as a young Jim Cockrum, what were your like visions and goals when you when you first started doing this? Was there was there like a, a carrot dangling in front of you that you were really uh, pursuing? Yeah, I, I reverse engineered off of you know I I married my best friend and she was super smart and a, a career driven woman who had been capable of earning way more money in a corporate setting than I ever would. And she graduated top of her class, but as we started adding kids, 
mix, when we had our first kid is when this all became very clear to me, he's now 24, that I wanted to give her the option of doing what she wanted with her time. Be a corporate, be at home, be a mom, homeschool, you know, whatever. The whole spectrum was wide open to her. And I decided at that point, whatever it is that she that she wants to be the, the wife and the mom that she feels God's called her to be, I'm going to make sure I've built something that she can do, do any of those things, mm-hmm. right? If it means me going out and doing X or me staying home and doing Y or that's what started out motivating me. And that, that was a younger version of me, but that was my big why because I knew we were going to have more kids and I wanted her to feel like I was helping her meet her dreams. That became my dream. And some people struggle with that. I didn't. It was very clear to me. I wanted it to be, I wanted to be that man that my wife, if my wife is happy, dude, I'm happy. Because she had big dreams and big visions. And our dreams started merging around, man, that the kind of family that we wanted to have. We wanted to, we decided we wanted to homeschool. We wanted to adopt internationally. These things are are not cheap. We wanted to travel with a big family, which we've done multiple times. We've been all over the world with five kids. <laughs> you know? Wow. It's a big deal to okay. travel by yourself. But you know, we've we've been all over the place with Good our kids you, in tow man. and we travel freely and uh, I wanted to have the financial means to be able to do that. And through e-commerce, I saw the opportunity to be able to do those things, to have my business in my pocket and go anywhere in the world and things just kind of continue because I've got a virtual team. I don't have to be anywhere at eight o'clock in the morning tomorrow at a specific time. We tell people all the time that we don't wake up at a certain time ever in our house, except <laughs> one day a week. Going to be at church on time, man. You got to set an alarm clock sometimes. Other than that, we just kind of roll with it and we're very flexible. You know, we have commitments and we have to be placed a certain time, but there's no like every day, this time, got to be here, got to do that. And we don't see it as a lack of discipline. We see it as getting, you know, soaking the most out of every day and the opportunities that it presents. And sometimes that really wears you out and you sleep in till 10. And some days you're ready to rock at 6 a.m. because, you know, you had a restful day the day before. So our schedule kind of flows with what life throws at us and the opportunities that come our way. Uh, and that was the vision, extreme flexibility and the financial means to maintain that flexibility and have that liberty of movement as, you know, life through different circumstances. And, you know, raising five kids, that's a lot of work. It's It's been a lot of work. So that's I a, can only imagine, a, serious a serious accomplishment for, from our vantage point. You know, <laughs> we're kind of starting to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. You know, we've got one married, two engaged and like, hey, you know, we got some good kids here. We're looking around at the world. We're like, a lot of people... You know, you kind of roll in the dice, five kids, five great kids grounded, making good decisions with good friends and good skill sets and successful businesses. And like, you know, so it worked like the experiment worked. So who yeah. is I, what I set out to do, I kind of bounced around a little bit on you, but, but that was my big why, you know, and I would encourage, especially young men, you know, start to make your why. Yeah. There's things that you want to do in life, but start to do them through the lens of the right wife, kids family, legacy, because you'll be 50 before you know it. And yeah. 50 and alone sucks. I don't care who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but 50 with weddings on the calendar and and you know the friends of your friends, families that have kind of grown up and the kids done life together and the challenge of that and the reward. I'm looking forward to this next season. Like, are you kidding me? Having a bunch of grandkids? Like, I'm not afraid of that. I'm embracing that season. I'm not going to do this next season alone. I'm going to be surrounded with people that love me, that I love. It's going to be awesome. 
But, you know, if you just kind of set out as a young guy and you wait till you're 30 or 40 to start thinking that way, you're going to be 60 with kids. No, nah, you don't want to do life that way, man. So find the right girl. That's my advice, man. And start. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Done deal. And, uh, you know, I don't know if your if your viewers can see up in the up in the corner here at <laughs> Celestina Kuntz, that uh, that is my my beautiful girlfriend whom, awesome. uh, you know, I, I take advantage of her, of her Zoom account. Every now oh, so you're on her Zoom. Teacher. That's why we got her name on the screen for those watching yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my awesome girlfriend. Woo! Yeah, exactly. Go man. sell. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, guys need a good girl way more at, 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 at a young age, especially than, than girls need a good guy. Just it, it, it shapes us and sharpens us in such a significant way. You know, females mature kind of almost naturally. Dudes, we need a good female if we're going to get out of that. Oh, boy yeah. Mode, I, I've right? become so much of a better person since I've been with her. We actually just had our uh, our three-year anniversary uh, a couple weeks ago. And yeah. and looking back on, on who I was before I met her, I'm like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah. go away. I don't, well, I don't need that. Just, I'll just encourage you, man. And this is generic advice. I don't know you've never met her. But ring sure. the date, dude. Make it happen, man. I'm telling you. You will not regret marrying the right girl young. You will not. You know, our culture tells it like, hey, you know, explore, have fun. You're only young once. And I, I just, I know a lot of guys that did that. They waited till they were, you know, basically too late. I hate to say it, but, and mm-hmm. then they're starting to think about kids in their mid forties and like, oh man, it's just, I'm going to get to play with my grandkids. I'm going to get to play basketball with my grandkids. I mean, that's awesome. If I had waited until I was 40, that would not be the case. No 80-year-olds out there bouncing around with their six-year-old, you know, grandkids playing basketball. I mean, let's be honest, right? So that trajectory matters, you know, thinking it through, thinking forward in time. Right. And you're still still seem pretty spry over there, you know? Oh, dude, yeah, I'm I'm good, but I'm doing the math. You know, I'm going to have grandkids here and I'm glad I'm going to have them when I'm in my, still in my 50s. You know, if I was having grandkids Mm -hmm. in my 80s, that's a different story, man. It just is. So, yeah, I mean, you yeah. don't think that way a lot when you're younger, but th- that, that's some free advice, take it or leave it. But I've just seen a lot of guys and uh, there's a lot of guys in my age group that took a very different trajectory and, and their life is kind of slowly getting sadder and my life is kind of slowly getting better, you know, and, and it, it's a pattern I've detected and it's not just me that makes that observation. Oh, yeah, no. And I realize as, as much as I think I know, I'm still so dumb. <laughs> so any any advice... Well, that being open get, to take it. being open to wisdom from mentors, people a little older than you that kind of have a different perspective, and that's smart. And good job, well done. But what are the questions you got for me? What are the topics you want to kick around? I, I hope I'm serving you well, and hope the listeners are are benefiting in some way as well as we go. Of course, yeah. So one of the things that I that I really did want to get into is with this you know, recession or this economic downturn that we're in, yeah, are yeah. there any categories mm-hmm. of, of Amazon products that you think will do better than others? Not necessarily recession yeah. proof, but yeah. mitigated risk. Yeah. You know? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Great question. And well, let's back off that. I don't know that that's, that is a obvious question, a, you know, right. a, a well thought out question. But once you've been in this a little while, a very unnecessary question, I'll explain it this way. The replens model, as you dive into it, it doesn't matter what the actual product is or what category it's even in. What matters is the history of that product. And we so we can say with confidence, okay, two years ago it was doing this, a year ago, six months ago, three months ago, last few weeks, this is what it looks like. Odds are, at least for the next several weeks, if not the next several months, 
this product is very likely to be profitable for me, so I'm going to start selling it. The category, the type of product, doesn't matter. You can bounce all over the place. You, I look at our catalog. If we actually set up a retail store and sold the items that are on our replens buy list, I mean, it would just be crazy. There's like five snack foods and then a whole bunch of different hardware items. And it's like, it's the most general, random, useless collection of products you can possibly <laughs> imagine. You know, we got, moving. we got one plumbing item, you know, then we sell a bunch of that, but nothing else in the plumbing department. You know, I mean, it's just, it's completely random and makes no sense as a collection. And predicting the future is just not necessary. So for me to sit here and say, oh yeah, you want to get in on hardware, screwdrivers and, and tools and like, no. Don't you don't even have to, it's not necessary to guess. I guess a, a cleaner way to say what I'm trying to say is you don't have to predict the future with this model. It's completely unnecessary. Now I could take a mm -hmm. shot at it. My guess would be as good as anybody else's, but it's completely unnecessary data to make great decisions about your inventory selection. Because again, you're looking at recent history. How has this particular listing done on Amazon? How profitable would it be for me to join the other sellers who are already selling this item? And at least for the next several weeks, maybe next several months or even a couple of years, this is a profitable product for me to sell. At the moment, it stops being profitable for me. I don't have $3,000 of it sitting in my garage. I've yeah. got five or six units, right? And I'll, if I have to liquidate those five or six units, I do so. If I have to bring them back and sell them on eBay for some reason, I do it. But I haven't committed to a certain category. I'm committing to individual listings on Amazon. Does that make sense to steer you kind of in a different direction on that, on that topic? Yeah, no, that actually makes a lot of sense because uh, again, I'm I'm looking at all these different resources and everyone has different opinions, mm -hmm. but the one that you just put forth makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and the, if we were guys sitting here on you know 50 million in cash, we're like, what sector do we want to get into? You know, are we talking you know communications or you know pork bellies? You know, like that's into, like now we got to where's the future heading? What's you know we don't have to think that way as, as small business owner. We're just saying, hey, I've, I've got a few thousand bucks here. What inventory should I buy? Buy the stuff that's selling well at a profit right now and don't commit too deep to any of it. That's the Amazon opportunity in a nutshell. It's really shrunk that risk factor down to so mm -hmm. low that questions like that, typically really good business questions like the one you just asked, become completely unnecessary to even ask. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And and Very so free. in that kind of same vein. So, you know, say you, you know, I'm obviously gonna get into replans after this conversation. It's a no-brainer. Yes. However, while I'm starting to to scale all of this, right? Yeah. What are some of the main pitfalls of scaling that mm -hmm. you've seen? What are what are the mistakes to avoid when you're trying to really get something going? Yes. The biggest mistakes you'll see people make are overcommitting, getting too mm -hmm. excited. They mm -hmm. they find something and it sells well. They sell 30 in a week. And then the next week they sell 50. And so they go out and they find the manufacturer distributor and they put in an order for 3,000 units of this thing. You've just gone an inch deep and a mile wide on one product. And man, it may pay off big or it may not, but you've drifted away from this inch deep, mile wide, diversify your risk, mm -hmm. place a whole bunch of small bets. And, and here's, the, here's the rationale behind what I'm saying. If Let's say you're picking stocks and most people win about as much as they lose when they're picking individual stocks. But let's say somehow we handed you a, a magical gift of knowing that 
the stocks you're going to go pick are going to be winners 85 to 90% of the time. Then you're really smart to go out and pick a whole bunch of stocks. The average is you're going to lose about 55% of the time, right? If -hmm. you just go pick random stocks, you're going to lose over half the time. But if we flip the switch and suddenly you're winning 85 to 90% of the time, you're super smart to just go ahead and spread it out pretty thin. You don't want to go all in on one because that could be the one that you end up losing big on. You're much smarter to spread your risk. That's what replens is. It's 85 to 90% chance of winning on each individual based on the history of that product, the skill set we're giving you. You've got a very high odds of making money or breaking even is your worst case. Or the worst, worst case is you lose a little bit because you've only gone in very shallow. So no matter how attractive it looks, stay shallow, don't overcommit. That's the big mistake you could make is you start to, it's a lot easier to sell one or two things than it is to sell a hundred different things and buy them as and replace them as they go out of stock. Don't fall for the temptation too soon of going too deep on just a handful. Stay thin, okay. stay Perfect. flexible. And another thing that people mistake that people make, this is a, a you know, putting on a completely different hat, but they hire the wrong people first. A lot mm, of times they'll hire okay. the convenience hires. I don't like putting tape on a box. So that's my first hire. No, I don't like that. Now, you could make an argument. You, you want to do the things that free up your time the most so you can do some more research. And you know, like Jimmy Smith would make that argument. And I, I tend to agree. Like That's not a bad call. Free up your time. If time is a valuable resource and you've got very little of it, Whatever frees up your time the most can be a great first hire. But I would argue, and it's it's almost a coin toss, but I think it's like a 51% chance of getting it right. If you hire the first person, you hire someone who finds profitable inventory for you. A VA who understands the system, who gets it. it. Those we are trying to get you communicate well. It's like you've just duplicated yourself. And while you're sleeping, your duplicated self is working hard four bucks an hour doing exactly what you would be doing, finding new inventory. Okay, I love that you brought that up. First hire. So it's a mistake to hire somebody just out of convenience. Okay, okay. And so at what point during the scaling process, you know, you said get to get to 20,000 sales a month before you start to go wholesale. Mm -hmm. And then when does it make sense to start hiring people on, start going for that automation, you know, taking steps towards it? Is it subjective or is there, you know, a general ground. I can tell you when it's too early is if you don't understand how to find a replan yourself or how to recognize a good one when it smacks you in the face. That's too early. But at the point that you've got that down, you could make the strong case that, you know, we've got plenty of people. We've had about 300 plus clients come through our proven replans VA program. The ones who have struggled have been the ones that don't quite understand the system yet. They've jumped in too soon and they expect the VA to carry all the weight. And the VA Mm -hmm. is waiting for instructions and the communication issues and they'll send them 30 ASINs. And so the person will just buy all 30, assuming, well, the VA told me those are good. Well, there's a mistake here, problem there, little challenge with this one. And suddenly they find themselves, you know, because they don't understand the system, the VA, they're not moving, they're not pulling the cart in the same direction. Let's put it that way. You want someone that, that you understand, here's the cart I've built, here's the direction we're going. And if they start to veer off the path, you can course correct them a little bit, but they're still working you can't assume that they get it as much as you do. They understand that 
here's the categories, here's the brands, here's where I'm excited, here's the profit margin I'm looking for. No, this ASIN doesn't work because X, Y, Z. You know, the packaging's different on this one. Here's a little course correction, right? You need to be able to understand the basics. But once you understand the basics, as evidenced by, I would say, something as simple as you can sit down in a couple hours and find a couple, three, maybe five profitable replants. Okay. Right? Maybe a couple hours, three hours, four hours. You find one an hour kind of thing. You're, You're getting into a groove of, I know how this works. Now you're ready to add someone on, assuming you've got the capital to justify it. Uh, which mm-hmm. isn't a lot, $4 an hour in the Philippines, you know, for, for uh, yes, assistant. it's pretty nice. That's pretty yeah. nice. Which is the equivalent of about 30 bucks an hour as spending power in their local economy. So it's a great job where the average hourly wage is $1 per hour. You're really helping making a huge difference for that, not just that person, but their family. That's good for them. Speak English. My goodness. Have great technology available to fingertips. They've been through. If you go to Proven Replens VA, they've been through the Replens training. Like they're ready to rock, and they work just for you, which is huge. Yeah. Okay. And now would that also be a good time to start using like um like like a, a prep and ship center, or what are your what are your thoughts on those? You know, in terms of integrating that into the process of scaling. Yeah, great, really good question. A prep center is a necessity. Day one, if you live outside the United States and you want to do this model, they start that. They start there, right? Because they don't want to ship products from the U.S. to wherever they live outside the U.S. and then prep it and ship it all back. There's no, there's no way that could be profitable. So if you live outside the United States, you're getting a prep center right off the bat. You're shopping online, having it delivered to a partner who preps it, sends it into Amazon for you, and you just wait to get paid if you live outside the U.S. But if you live in the U.S., we strongly encourage you get used to the process just a little bit, mm-hmm. send in several shipments, but then start seeing, is there a neighbor? Someone else could come to your house or someone that lives near you maybe that could receive the shipments or come pick them up, pick them up at your house. After you've got the basics down, you can just use neighbors to do this stuff. You know, There's always a single mom looking for part-time work, right? Or you can use, go to prepcenternetwork.com and find a prep center that you can have the stuff delivered to. Shop online. Instead of coming to your house, it's delivered to them. That's the OA strategies, online arbitrage strategies. Now, with your RA, it's a little less convenient. Like you're going to local stores and you're filling your car, you're bringing it home, and now you're shipping it to a prep center that's three states away. Doesn't make as much sense there. But for online, you Mm -hmm. can scale into using a prep center pretty quickly if you're doing your your shopping and sourcing using OA strategies that we teach. But there's a cost too, not doing the RA. There's such low hanging fruit all around you. If you've got retail stores, man, there's stuff just sitting there ripe for the picking. So in a, in a perfect world, I think the way, and this is kind of what we've tapped into in my business is we're doing a lot of RA. We've got shoppers. We're doing a lot of OA. Got shoppers there too. We're getting into wholesale. We're getting into Walmart. Over time, you just kind of tack it all on instead of saying, hey, this is the way. And, you know, if someone says, should I do this or this or that or th-? I'm like, no, do them all. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Okay. It's yeah, profitable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, tack it's them all on there, over man. time. Tack them on over time. But specifically a prep center, it's never too early to do it. But again, you want to understand the process. You want to understand the cost and the time and the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. So when you're paying someone else two bucks a unit to do it, you're like, yeah, that's that's really worth it. That was a good investment. Right. And it, it starts to limit the products you can sell. Because if you're prepping it yourself, maybe, yeah, five bucks a unit profit's fine. But if someone else is prepping it and there's more fees involved, 
So the cost of automating is, you know, the margin shrinks. The more people you bring in, the more tools and resources, your margin starts to shrink. I mean, you got to find slightly more profitable products to justify staying mm-hmm. in business. But the good news is, as you get better at this, finding those profitable products gets easier. Right. Now, on that same vein, can you get into some of the tools and the software that's recommended for finding some of these replans? Or is that something that, that you know you got to go into the into the course for? Nope. Nope. We we share a hundred percent. There's no question that I, I won't dive into All right, into. let's hear it. All right. The, you know, the purpose of the course is screenshots and detailed and you know, showing you examples and you know, here's the data points. And it, we, you can't replicate that in a podcast. But right. It's very, very methodical. There's about 12 hours of training. It's very methodical at your own pace. You kind of need to go through to get it. But what tools? Go back and listen to podcast episode 369. I went into Keepa, K-E-E-P-A. Right. Invaluable tool. Got to have it. Hands down. About 20 bucks a month. And it does things that no other tool does. I won't dive into what it does that's different and why and how they accomplish this. I cover that in podcast episode 369. But that is a power tool that you must have. And it kind of fuels the whole replens model. That tool was originally created so people could spot deals on Amazon. Like, hey, if the price of my favorite skateboard ever dips below $89, let me know because I'm going to snag it. And they just that tool just that's what it does. But we started using it as sellers. And now by far the vast majority of the users are people, I think, in our community pursuing the replens model because it shows a price history and a rank history of every, which is what, what's important to us. Amazon mm-hmm. doesn't share that with through their own data API, which is what every other software tool out there uses, is Amazon's data. Keepa tracks on their own with their own bank of servers the rank of every product. So as the product rises and falls in the ranking system, we know a lot about the true story of that product. Are people really buying that six pack of green beans for $80? Really? People are paying that? Like you look at Keepa, like, no, that's just a silly listing sitting there. No one's actually spending that amount of money on that listing. So you, Jeez, yeah. you're not, I'm not excited about it's a lot. six pack of green beans for 80 bucks. Like, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to sell on that listing. Well, no, nobody ever buys it. But you look, and the way you determine that is by looking at Keepa. Amazon doesn't tell you the volume of sales for any given listing. They don't tell you. They tell you the rank, but the rank history is what tells you the story. And learning to read that rank history is the key. So that's one tool, Keepa. After that, there's 10 other tools that come in second place, and you're not mm-hmm. going to need them all at once over time as you grow. Like your next one might be Rev Seller, which shows you right on the screen. You type in, hey, I can go buy this product for $8. And it says your expected profit after all expenses would be $5.75 because it just factors all that in instantly. Shipping, prep, and all. Just boom. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it tells you right on screen. Proven AmazonCourse.com slash Rev Seller. The guy that invented that tool is actually from our community. We've helped a lot of people use that tool. It's just a plug-in that sits right on Chrome and it shows you a lot of data right on the screen. Kind of like Keepa does. You've got RevSeller right there on the screen when you're looking at Amazon. You got Keepa right on the screen. That's what I look at when I'm working. The tool to help you manage your inventory, Inventory Lab, is fantastic. It's what a lot of folks use in our community. Does a lot of great things for you. Very replen seller friendly. The tool that a lot of people use, including us, to help you know when it's time to reorder different replens. Like, hey, you sold three of those last week. You should probably go get eight of those, you know, to be in good shape for the next month. The replen dashboard does that. That's a tool actually Jimmy Smith 
on our team, the creator of the Replens course. There, he's he's created a company and a business around Replen Dashboard as the tool. Oh, there. Okay, but those four, you know, I don't want to go a whole lot deeper. There's a lot of other little tools and things that you can use over time. People have their preferences, but if you get just keep it, I'll put it to you this way: we have people running seven figure businesses, a couple spouse, no outside help, doing all the work themselves. They've got the free Amazon seller app and they've got Keepa mm-hmm. and they've learned the replens system and committed to it. Seven figure business, multiple seven figure business with just that. No inventory lab, no rev seller, no nothing else. <laughs> just, and I don't know how they do it, man. They're in hustle mode. But at the point where you're putting some money in the bank, it's always time to say, can I scale? Can I automate? What tools could I bring in to make this process easier to where I could start to step away like I'll give you an example. One of the goals I have when we hire a new shopper is I want to train them in two minutes. I want to have a process that's so simple that you go from new hire to able to shop on our team because of how simplified we've made the whole process. You don't have to sit down for an eight-hour training to go shop. It's a shopping list. Go to this store. Go to this aisle. Buy this product. How much time does it take to train somebody? If you've broken it down that simple, they're not reading charts and graphs. They're going on a shopping trip. That's it. So we've broken it down that simple, right? So I want all of our okay. processes to be as simple as possible, and tools allow you to do that. Yeah, I, I can uh, I can see what you mean when you said you're surrounding yourself with with really smart people because all that sounds brilliant. Yeah. And I'm a spreadsheet nerd, so I've I've done some things in our <laughs> business that have helped us out around here, and I, I've helped shape out Replen dashboard with some suggestions and things too uh, that that make it a, a pretty useful tool. And you know, I've, I've been selling. You know, twenty years, man. I've got some decent instincts at this point. I can contribute to this to this sort. I would of hope so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but it's all I've known as a as it's the only income my family's had for twenty years now. You know, because because we made the decision if it wasn't clear earlier. My wife wanted to stay home, homeschool, and so I was a breadwinner. I've loved every minute of it, and it's all been e-commerce. That's it. Yeah. Now I I, I got to ask, uh, uh, and here's a, here's a little softball for you. How did the uh, proven conference go, man? I, I know oh. that just that just happened. Yeah, were, were you not there? Big yeah, deal. It was, dude, it was phenomenal. We had about we gathered in Louisville, Kentucky. This was the middle of August, 2022. The videos are available now. Theprovenconference.com has details on our next events and that sort of thing. But yeah, it was a beautiful event. We had I think just under 600 people registered. Just over 500 or so showed. Uh, we're able to make it. You know, people were sick, cancel or whatever. You know, watch the live stream from home. But it was a tremendous event. Yeah, it, we had over 40 sessions that we captured on video and because we had all kind of breakout sessions and a big main event in the in the uh, big room each morning. And then we broke off into different rooms and different topics. It was just tremendous. This community is special. It's It really is like family for a lot of us who've been around a while. Very warm and welcoming to the new people. Uh, actually, a podcast episode I recorded today just before this one was a guy who attended for the first time and just talking about how life-changing it was and the relationships he'd built. So you definitely need to try to make one of these. We've done it 10 times now, which crazily enough, I'm unaware of any other e-commerce organization out there that's had 10 annual events at this point. Most people kind of pop up, have two or three, and then they're gone. Something happens, they break down. And you know, we've, we've had 10 events now. It's, I mean, with, with the strength of, a, of the community, like the, the silent sales community, that's, yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like it should be an ongoing tradition here. Now, really? now, God willing, where, it will be. Yeah, right. Where do you see like the, the most value in these conferences? Is it coming from the from the speakers, or is it like no. establishing connections with the other people there? 
A hundred percent. And I say that as the guy that sets up the speakers and puts people on stage and and helps shape the topics. The value is in the connections and in the community. By design now, originally, I used to have my feelings hurt a little bit when all the surveys would come back, the first two or three events we did. And like, nobody's talking about how great the content is. I just think the content was good. And yeah, I learned some new things. And I'm glad I came for the, the content was worth it and all that. But relationships, the connections, the community over and over and over again, that was emphasized. So now we've by design built plenty of free time into the events and time that you can just, and we actually train at my opening session, I train, here's the things to say. Here's the questions to ask. Here's how you start a conversation with your fellow business building warriors. I I gave away a magic two word phrase this year that I encouraged everybody you to use multiple times throughout the day. Do you want to take a stab at what it is? Any guesses? Let's see, a magical two-word phrase to use, take action. Yeah, I mean, that's a helpful thing to walk up. Keep going. That's a helpful Um, thing to walk up and say, you know, (laughs) high five. It's like, yeah, brother, right? No, but this was like a very practical way to like start to engage into a conversation that moves not only their business forward, but yours as well. And that magic phrase is, how's business? How's business? Okay. Because it's especially when you're around a bunch of people who own businesses, and are trying to build businesses, we never get to really talk openly to anybody. Very few people actually come up to us and genuinely interested in how's the business going? Like what's working well? What isn't working well? How could I possibly help? So take advantage of being in this room. Like, hey, how's business, man? Fill me in. Where are you hurting? Where are you struggling? What's working well? What could you teach me to improve my business? And the conversation just goes from there. It's a great opening question when you're around business owners. Because you know right. we can wear our spouse out, we can wear our, our friends out. Like they don't, they don't care. They they don't even think the same. We're weird as business owners. But you get us all together, man. That's a great question. So just a little tip for you if you ever attend. Yeah, and today, what were people generally saying when you asked how is business? Were they like like oh it's great? I'm doing this, that, and the other. Was was there were there any you know underlying universal themes here? Oh, the, you will always hear, always hear. Here's the things that are working well. Here's what I'm excited about. Here's the things that have momentum. And here's the challenges, the struggles, the things I'm trying to figure out right now. And there's value okay. in both of those conversations. There always will, but you'll never be at the point where you're like, yeah, pretty much running on all cylinders. I don't think I've got anything to learn, really. I mean, everything's great. I can't think of a single challenge in my business. Never. Because just like with life, you know, just like, you yeah. know, you could analyze oh, the, your, your relationship with your girlfriend. You could analyze your, your health. You could analyze your total, your financial picture right now. Like you're never at a point where you can just kind of let those things go and coast. Because what you've basically just done is turned them into disaster <laughs> at some point yeah. in the near future. <laughs> Anything you allow just to just coast is going to go downhill. It's an uphill battle in all the important areas of life. So everybody's got a battle they're fighting at any stage. You know, we think of a guy like, oh, well, Jeff Bezos, more money than anybody in the world. Like, no, you hear the guy talk and he's not like just floating through life, you know, skipping from cloud to cloud. He's got things that weigh him down. Same thing like Elon Musk. He's got things that just eat away at him, concerns and relationship issues. And I mean, does my kid, do I have the relationship with my kid that I'd like to have? Do I have a relationship with my spouse? I'm like, am I as healthy as I should be to benefit myself and others in life? Like, we've all got these things that we could do a little better on, get a little tip, a little strategy, a little insight. Business is no different, right? So the themes are typically, now we have a lot of people building incredible businesses and enjoying the benefits of them. 
for sure. But they've all mm-hmm. got challenges and things that they could learn. So it's a lot of one of the tricks is just staying humble enough to to allow people to speak into your life and ask questions. That's part of the leadership journey I've been on is it, I used to think about three or four years into this, I thought, okay, I can no longer be the guy asking questions. I'm the guy that's supposed to know everything because people are gathering to learn from me. You get over that real fast and you realize I'm learning so much more than anybody. I'm just going to stay humble, stay curious, ask stupid questions. Even as a guy who's been doing it 20 years ago, I want to ask at least a handful of stupid questions every week. Where people are like, really? You've been doing this 20 years and you're asking that? I mean, I've been in it two months and I knew the answer. Like, that's great. That means I'm in the right room. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room ever. You're sure. in the wrong room if you're the smartest guy in the room. You want to be somewhere where you can learn. Yeah. And that that does seem to be like a, a pretty common theme throughout this whole community is, is just Intentionally. the absence of ego and, 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 and staying humble and, you know, kind of like approaching things with that you know, it's sort of empty cup mentality. You know, what's that, 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 that Buddhist mantra, you know, you, you can't pour any more water in an already full cup. Right. Oh, so what's, good. what's, what's the yeah. use? I love what's that. the use of being egotistical. You know, what's, what's, what's the use of all that? No, you gotta, you gotta just keep on learning. You know, being a, being a student is essentially a lifelong thing. It doesn't end when you graduate college. Yeah, but absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't let uh, college get in the way of your education, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mark twain yeah yeah right and and so uh another question i have for you is do you have any like hilariously bad stories or like pitfalls or obstacles that that you've encountered in your own you know oh. uh the, you know business history yeah anything that that really stands out so yes so many from you know from a sheer true impact it really comes down to picking the right people and picking the wrong people. No one's perfect. Everyone's going to make a mistake. Everyone's going to turn out not to be who you thought they were, at least temporarily from time to time. That's the human mm. condition. But learning to be very intentional about relationships, really. You know, we just, you know, and you can't do that with a hundred people. I learned from Dave Ramsey's organization that, for example, nobody has more than it was either three or five people that report to them. That's as many people as you can genuinely have really accountable relationships with. So you build a structure. And some of the bigger mistakes I've made were trying to maintain relationships with too many close relationships, too many. Like our coaches, we have 60 coaches. You know, I bet people would struggle to kind of envision what Jim's relationship, my relationship is with those 60 people. What does it look like? There's a handful of them I know pretty well. Most of them, I kind of only know through loosely. You know, we've talked five or six times for an hour or two, maybe. But it's not like we're intimately involved in each other's lives. It's impossible to maintain intimate, close relationships with a large number of people. So you've got to figure out who those core people, really pour yourself into them and enable them and allow them to pour themselves into who that... So that 60 people are broken up, for example. Our structure is... I've got my coaching director and his guy that we've brought in, Matt, that kind of, they, they shore up the whole coaching team. And then we've got a team of coaching directors that report to them and just under them, the coaching team directors, you should say, and each of them have a group of coaches. So the relationships kind of flow, not because, oh, Jim's too big and important and special to, to no, it's like the limits of time. Who do you pick up the phone and call when you really need something? Well, you, you're free to call me if you'd like, but you know your, your director way better than you know me. And that's actually, there's a biblical model there that was used when 
I think it was Moses was judge. He was just judging all the cases for all these people. He's huge, and he's he's the wisest guy. So we got to take all of our cases to him. Like, no, you you need to appoint judges who oversee a group of judges who oversee any territories and right break it down that whole infrastructure. Um, so the biggest mistakes I've made have been infrastructural personnel putting the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time turning them loose on too many things too fast, you know, that it's, it's the people side of it where all my biggest mistakes have been made, but you, you know, you live and learn and that's, that's part of the journey. Yeah. I hear that, man. That's uh, I have obviously I haven't even gotten to that, that level yet. And you you will. Know, most of my problems have been with, uh, you know, product wise, but yeah, my goal now is to, you know, if you'll have me come back on this podcast as a success story, after all this has happened and be like, listen, man, all the advice you gave me, you know, a year, year and a half ago, now I'm going gangbusters with it. Yeah. 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 That's, well, you know, it, but I've, I've, I'm redefining, you know, not to get too fluffy about the concept, you know, success does mean in business does mean making significant amount of money. That means mm-hmm. you're doing it right. You're doing it well. You're serving a lot of people really well. You've, you've got the proof, these little thank you notes. We call these little green pieces of paper called money. Like I served a bunch of people well, here's the proof. Mm-hmm. But trajectory is very much an indicator of future results. So I see someone who's curious, they're driven, they're looking at the right materials, they're taking them seriously, they've got a point out there in time. You are already a success story compared to, for example, people who've got a negative trajectory, right? Like their goal in I'll, life I'll take that. is to get drunk it. as many times a week with their single buddies and game till 4 a.m. until life makes them stop because they've completely run out of resources. Like that's their goal. Like that's a different trajectory. Like I can paint your future picture, man. That's a sad destination. You've mm. got a positive destination. You've got a point and future goal. You've got a you know, good girlfriend. You're heading in the right direction. Exactly, man. You're, you're doing <laughs> life the right way. So that is already a success story. Just maintain that. Life's going to throw curveballs at you. You know, you know what it's like to shatter a leg and to build back and to come back and kudos on your attitude, by the way, because a lot of people be like, oh yeah, this is my sad, my sad story. This is my excuse basically for not doing much with my life is this happened to me. And we spent an hour on how bad it was and the agony and the pain and the surgeries. You're not there. It didn't make you bitter. A lot of people do get bitter when something like that happens to them. So that I know the kind of heart that's required inside of someone to come through something like that congratulations, man. So you're a success already. It's just, you don't have the money in the bank as much to show it, but you're young, that your trajectory is good. You're listening to mentors. You're receiving advice from people older and more experienced than you. Um, You're open to that, right? You don't see me as irrelevant enough. You know, he's, he's over the other side of 40, man. What could he teach me? It takes a, a degree of humility to receive that. I remember being there. I remember what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you got to start somewhere. A journey of a thousand miles starts with a with a single step. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, I'll, if it's a step what, man, in the right direction, you're already success as long as you maintain course. Yep, yep. I'm in this for the long haul. This is this is this is my dream, and and I can't do anything but go for it. You know, and and the times like this, sessions like this, where I I get to sit down and and and, and pick the brains of the of the master and. You know, have my finger on the pulse of this awesome Facebook group that you guys have created, and and you know all the other all the other resources. There's a wealth of resources out there. There's 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 so much going on, you know, related to Amazon FBA, 
And it's it's really just jaw dropping when you when you look at all of it. It's it's so awesome. And well, don't I, be over I, I don't be wait. overwhelmed by it. Don't think you're ever going to know all of it. I certainly don't. There's plenty of content in the proven Amazon course that I've never consumed or applied, but it mm-hmm. applies to somebody, and sure. it's benefited somebody. It's kind of like the president of a college hasn't taken all the courses and met all of the professors. It's kind of drifted more into that direction. But if it's a good college, every professor is worth their weight and every course being taught is something that's good for the students who go through that. That's, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think of this as a college by any means, but that's kind of the model of, you know, I'm more overseeing a team at this point and I still love it and is very involved in it. But this whole thing has definitely outgrown any of us on the leadership team and it's, what you need, we we believe in just-in-time learning. Have you heard me talk about that before? It may be a good place to start to wrap up, but just-in-time versus just-in-case learning. Have you heard that concept before? Uh, no, if you could explain that to me really quick. Yeah, you you might appreciate this. Our, our education system right now is set up a lot on, never mind the fact that it doesn't teach us to think. It teaches us more, here's the facts you need to know so you can take the test. And, you know, <laughs> I'm the teacher, learn these things and get a good grade based on your knowledge of these things. That's so broken. But it's based on a just-in-case model. I'm going to teach you a bunch of stuff just in case someday you have to dissect a hypotenuse triangle. You're going to have the knowledge to do it just in case. Yeah, I just did that yesterday. Instead of a just-in-time model. Like here you are right now, Sam, in this certain circumstance, and you're trying to get from point A to point B, which is about a mile away. And so we're going to give you the information to get there. And then when you get to point B, now you're going to be ready, just in time, information plugged in. And that's what the Proven Amazon course is. Okay, you're at this stage now. Here's your options. Here's the content you should consider. It's not go through the whole entire thing. And then now you're ready to sell on Amazon. No, it's day one. You're going to do some things. That's going to open up some doors. You're going to pick a door. Now you're ready for the next just in time information, right? It's not a learn it all because you never will. The game's changing so fast. You'll never know it all. You'll never learn it all. That's the beauty and the challenge. And for some people, they find that overwhelming. No, don't be overwhelmed by the amount of information. Pick a course, stick to it, knowing that just when you need it, the information will be there just in time. All right. And I mean, I appreciate all of this so much, man. And and I know you wanted to, you wanted to wrap this up. And I, I just wanted to kind of leave off with a with a quote that I think could help some people. I know it's helped me a lot. And, you know, especially through all that I've been with and all the, all the fear that I've had, you know, trying to get back into this and trying to dig deep. But there's a, there's a saying that goes, you know, fear is the only thing that gets smaller as you run towards it. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, dude, that's really good. That's I about fear, but, um, wow, that is so good. What's that from? Is that a movie or a book or? That's a fantastic question. I read it somewhere. I have no idea where. It's just one of those things that like you're kind of just scrolling through and then it just sticks with you. And I go, ooh, ooh, I like that. And yeah, so that just kind of gives you that. A, there's, mm, a lot of, there's a lot of depth. Gusto. And there's a lot of depth and truth in that for sure, man. Especially if you're running in equipped and confident. You know, like mm-hmm. there, I know there's risk there, but running, it, it, you know, so the opposite of that's also true. Fear gets bigger the more you run from it. <laughs> Right, right. There you go. I mean, it it really holds. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid nugget. I love it, dude. That's that's fantastic. Hey, all right, bringing some value here. I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to think that one over. But I, yeah, I just in the few moments I've had exposure to it, I really like that, dude. Seriously, I know it it has this way of resonating with you. It's just, it's so true. 
And then, uh, but before I, before I leave you off here, just want to give a quick shout out. Hey mom. Hey dad. I made it. Hey, (laughs) Julia. Good luck with your wedding. She's getting married in about, uh, you know, a month and a half or so. Go mom. My my little sister is getting married. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Wow, dude. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Shout out at the end. You know, having them watch that segment. Well, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you today, Sam. Good getting to know you a little bit. I'm excited for your future. And uh, I love your heart, buddy. You've been through a lot. You've overcome a lot. But the game's just beginning too, man. And you got a bright future ahead. So it's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you, buddy. Well, I'm going to talk to the listeners and just wrap this one up here. But uh, thank you for hanging out with Sam and I. You gave us a very valuable gift today, some of your time. And I treasure that. I'm very grateful for it. Thank you. As is Sam, you can see, he just gave you a little bow. All right. (laughs) That's no joke. I mean, you could have spent a lot of things with this last bit of time that you gave us and you invested it here. So my prayer for you, my hope for you is that this is a tremendous return on investment as we've uh, hopefully encouraged you and and equipped you to do some cool, big things, move in the right direction, set that trajectory and move towards that point where you know you could and should be. So until next time, God bless all the business building warriors. We'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.